Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Bridge Atlantic's interviews where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, arts and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcin Avelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name or my side project, The Night Soundtrack, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists or directing and editing music videos and music documentaries. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Marcin Avelli. And if you're watching the video portion of the show, you'll see that our new shirts have arrived. We're pretty excited about them and wear them at every opportunity, and we think that you should do too. So um, if you go onto our website, you'll find them. The link to the uh, link to them in our show notes. So go grab them. Yeah, and uh, make sure you use the coupon code BTAROCKS to receive 10% off your purchase is our little way of saying gracias. <laughs> Joining us this week is lead singer of post-hardcore band Alisana and founder of Revival Records. Start that part again. Rewind. <laughs> Joining us this week is lead singer of post-hardcore band Alisana and founder of Revival Recordings, Sean Milky. To date, Alisana released two EPs and five full-length albums and have recently brought out a novella called Annabelle, which is what inspired their Annabelle trilogy. With Revival Recordings, the message is clear. It's all about art and the people who create it. The team and artists signed to the label are a community where creative and artistic integrity are paramount. It's not just music, it's good music by good people. And this is why we think Sean is a perfect guest for this show. So let's dive right in and learn from the man himself. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you guys for <laughs> the, having me. I appreciate it. It's a bit of a t- tongue twister show, Sean, so that's why it took me a second there. <laughs> no, you guys are very good um, at speaking quickly, so that's good. Yeah, you know, it's, it, we're, <laughs> we're at over 100 interviews now, and I think uh, uh, it starts to become second nature, although... Ross did mess up. <laughs> come on, come on. I mean, how often does Ross mess up compared to how often Marcio messes up? Let's, you know, let's that's why I have to jump on it. That's why, that's why I have to jump on it. Well, let me, let, me, let me start off by saying that Sean is, might be the most prepared guest that we've ever had on the show ever. So that's amazing. Um, so let's get awkward. Tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Three things. Um, it's funny how those three things can change over time. I don't think they answer would have been the same 10 years ago but at the point in my life i'm at now i definitely think uh i'm incredibly ambitious and i follow through with my ambition i don't like to just talk about it um and i think that comes from my innovative nature i like to do things my own way and create my own little pockets in the things that i strive to do and uh i am a family man first and foremost my family comes before everything all the rest is just icing on the cake i love hearing that got my nice. two little boys and my wife and our, our beautiful little family here and couldn't be happier. I was just going to say, same here, man. My wife and two little boys. How young are your boys? 
Uh, my oldest is about four and a half, and my youngest turns two uh, later this week, actually. Okay, this is freaky. Four-year-old and one-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you totally get it, man. Totally get yeah, it. Same it's the most important thing, right? More important <laughs> than anything. Before everything. And I For think sure. by having strong family values, it, it rolls over into your career and the decisions you make there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with um with Alessandra, you've been involved in the music industry for many years. I think you said around twelve years when we were chatting beforehand. Um I'd be interested to know kind of what are the biggest changes you've noticed between kind of starting out and now and how have you and the band adapted to continue to grow within the changes that have been happening? I think when you first start out, you have a lot of what you hope your project is, what you hope your career path is and everything like that. So a lot of the decisions you're making are based on where you hope to go uh, versus now where we've achieved so much of what we hope to do as artists and as a band, we now can focus on what we actually are and how to keep that particular thing going. Um, there was a lot of tough decisions in the beginning of, you know, do we want to have commercial success or artistic success? And our whole thing was always, we want artistic success. And if that creates some level of commercial success, then great. You know, and we certainly reached certain heights that we never expected to hit, but hit some ceilings too, because we always were choosing our art over anything else. And, but now what that's done is it's created a fan base that is arguably even more devoted today than they were, you know, 10 years ago, where at the height of our popularity, we had a lot of fair weather fans where it was cool to like the guys who dressed in black and it was cool to like that kind of music. Whereas now the fans we have, they are fans of what we do. And I think the success of the recent uh, novella that we did really showed just the absolute devotion and core fan base that we have. And that's got to be a uh, much greater feeling than just being kind of like the cool band at the time. You know, feeling like these people who are listening to you now really appreciate what you're doing. You know what I mean? They're not just doing it because it's the flavor of the week. Like they love what you're doing and there's a passion there. You know, is there, is there just a different satisfaction coming from that? Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, again, back when we had hoped that that's what we would be and now actually seeing that that's what we are and opening so many doors creatively for us to do various things. It's, it's incredibly humbling for one, but it's also, we're really proud of that fact. You know, we, we've sure. seen so many bands come and go and there's bands we've toured with who were so much bigger than we were at the time. And, you know, their, their candle burned out pretty quickly and that's not a criticism of them. It's more of a, uh, you know, a compliment to us and us sticking to the guns that we wanted to, to be shooting and, um, to be able to still be a band and still be going strong and not even see the end in sight is, is very rewarding to the decisions that we've made. For sure. I actually, uh, I'd like to know, have there been any decisions over the last decade plus that you felt at odds at, you know, I guess you going by what you're saying, you know, there, you might have an opportunity that you know is going to bring you to even more success, more commercial success, say, but it goes at odds with something that you guys just don't feel right about. Has there been a situation like that? And if there was, how did you handle that? Most definitely. And at the height of our career, when we were, you know, on Warp Tour and, and signing to larger labels and everything like that, there was a lot of opportunities presented to us where, hey, if you just do things this particular way, you know, your success could go here. And, you know, a lot of that involved things like, you know, we have Dennis who screams and he doesn't have the most commercial sounding scream, but it's it's the scream that works for our music. And 
there was a lot of pressure to use less of him and to use less of you know this type of part in the song maybe change the tuning up to a popular tuning and all these types of things and all these behind the scenes pressures that fan bases aren't exposed to um you know and there was a lot of tough conversations we had to have you know it's tough to look each other in the eye and say what type of success are we trying to have and ultimately i'm proud to say that we always were all on the same page with each other and in the end made the decisions we wanted to make and i think that's benefited our music our art and our fan base because the fans who are still there are the ones who wanted that to begin with and we never wanted to turn our back on on those people i love yeah, that man. definitely important to keep your integrity and stick with what you feel that you want to put out there because like you said in the beginning the fans responded to what you guys felt you know was the right thing to do and i think it's good that you didn't kind of crumble under the pressure of um what may have given you more commercial success because that's not ultimately what you'd set out to achieve you know right of course you know and, and when everybody starts out in the band for the most part you know you're broke you're down on your luck and you you know you can be very very tempted by these things but we we ultimately wanted long-term success we didn't want any sort of short-term fame we wanted to be a band you know i, I always liken our our career to uh, a band called refused i loved the way they were only about their fans and their music. And when it became about more than that, they basically flipped the bird and said, we're, we're out. And the way they stuck to that made them just an icon of what they do. And that's what I want Alisana to be. I, I want to see fan bases 20 years from now still rediscovering Alisana. And I want us to be known as the band that, holy crap, even in the face of all this temptation for a certain type of success, they just stuck with what it is that they were and what they wanted to do. And, you know, the like you said, the temptation is there, not only because the people that you're trusting and you're working with are saying these things to you, but like you said, you're down in your luck and you're broke. And the, and the idea, you know, that people are telling you that, look, we know a formula and we know this works. You guys can be, you know, uh, very successful, like beyond what you guys already are, you know, and, and have all this money. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, what happens when that doesn't work out and you've sold yourself and you feel like shit and then people see through that and then what are you left with right Right, and that was so, ultimately a big part of our decision was like our art has the opportunity to last forever and affect people for generations you know and money just comes and goes and and we didn't want that to be what allison was remembered for i love that um well let's go back a little bit because uh, you recently re-released allison's confessions album um with bonus commentary which i always think is neat uh, as well as bonus tracks and reimagined artwork, um, as well as the uh, novella, <laughs> Annabelle, which I think is amazing, because uh, you guys apparently don't slow down. What are your thoughts on giving fans um, more than just music? Uh, it seems like you want to give a kind of a whole 360 experience. Um, is it more about uh, an overall experience, I'd say, um, today in 2016 than it was maybe many, many years ago? I think that now it's more accepted to have these types of full-on experiences because of you know the uh innovation of the internet and all the ways that we can communicate and interact with different medias and art but this was what we wanted to do from the jump you know even in our earliest records a couple of our songs were short stories and we used to fantasize and kid around about oh we'll write a book one day and we'll do a trip now trilogy of albums and the videos and the artwork will all be tied in together and it it sounded crazy but I love crazy challenges. And I, I always make sure I have a list of all the crazy things I've ever mentioned. And I like, I love being able to cross those off the list. And the book was insanely hard to do. It was 
the single most challenging thing I've ever done as an artist of any sort. And, but I get to say that I did it. And, and our fan base is the reason that I finished it. You know, I, these fans that come up to you at shows and they've got, you know, our lyrics and the artwork from our records tattooed on them. And they've done school reenactment plays of the trilogy. And I've been invited by a fan to a dance recital where they dance to a couple of the songs from it. And I just, their devotion to this, world that we created is what inspired me to make sure to keep giving it to them and give them resolution and, and give them an ending to the story. Very inspiring, man. It really is. Especially, I think a lot of us are ambitious uh, and, you know, but actually implementing that is a whole other step. You know what I mean? Uh, do, how, how important do you find having the right team behind you helps you to make that happen? Cause it's the, the saying, you know, the teamwork makes the dream work kind of thing. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, the team is everything. Um, and for me, not to sound sappy, but it all begins with my wife. I, I always, uh, the Rocky movies are some of the most inspiring movies to me. And I always call her my Adrian. Cause like I, I say behind <laughs> every great man, lies a great woman. And you know, I want to get into my artistic mindset. You know, she always goes, Oh, you're disappearing. Cause she knows where I go mentally when it's time to create. And she is just the absolute most supportive woman on, on the planet. And I couldn't do any of it without her. And obviously couldn't do it without my bandmates and their willingness to, to let me go crazy and create these crazy ideas and go along with them. And, you know, my team at revival recording, same thing. Like I think the people you surround yourself with helps you get these types of crazy things accomplished. Definitely. Yeah. I think Russ, you and I can agree on that. Yeah, definitely. And sure. actually, um, <laughs> And actually, really well into my next question, which is about revival recording. So you launched the label in 2013. Um, being an artist first, how has that shaped kind of your ethos for the label, and 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 how do you balance the different hats involved between the creative side and the business side of what you do? It's it's been really tough. I mean, and, and to give like a little background on it, I always wanted to start a record label. I always wanted to. I love that that feeling of. I've created this art and somebody cares. And I, I wanted to be able to give, have that feeling forever and find young bands and sort of pass the torch kind of thing. Um, but it was really tough to get taken seriously in the beginning. I was learning how to run a record label, had no clue how to do it. Um, and a lot of the pushback I would get would be like, oh, you're just a band dude or like just a guy in a band. And, and to, to kind of reconvince all these people I'd had inter interactions with my whole career to take me seriously on the other side of the coin was extremely challenging. One that's that I still fight with even to this day, you know, that I've gotten a lot more respect on the business side, but there are still people who go, oh, right. Yeah. It's cute. You run a record label, right? You just some dude who sings in a band, you know? Um, so that was super challenging. Uh, the fun part about running the label and being an artist is I'm able to earn the trust of my artists. I'm able to speak to them and say, I've been sitting in the exact chair you're sitting in. And I promise you, my goal is not to do to you what some labels will do to their artists, you know, and it's incredibly important to me that any deals I do with my bands are all artist friendly and, and put the music and the art first because I, I was there too. And that's what I wanted and didn't always get in some cases. So, um, I think that's part of the fun of it is being able to be businessy, but also go, Hey guys, I'm, I'm, I'm what you are as well. I think it's really funny how people in their minds that they you know put you in a certain category you know this is kind of going into a psychology side of things but you know if you ever do if you ever i don't know if you've ever done therapy or anything i have and part of uh part of uh cbt therapy is learning to you know change your core beliefs and become uh, more assertive right 
And it's just kind of, it's just kind of reminding me of that because as you start changing your interactions with people, just from even a psychological standpoint, it's really hard for people to deal with that. It takes a whole shift and there's so much resistance because they have a certain idea of who you are and what you are. And people like to keep things very simple in their minds, you know, but we're human beings. We, like you said, you know, if you answered the, the three things about yourself 10 years ago, it'd be so different than today. We're constantly changing. And I don't think any of us can even imagine where and who will be, you know, five, 10 years into the future. And I think, I think it's, it's, it's a challenge. And I think it's wonderful that despite that, you still push through that and do what you want to do because that resistance can tear a lot of people down. You know, it really can. Um, so, you know, about too with the support team the people that are around you absolutely people who know i've seen you make these changes before and i know that you can succeed making them you know i in high school i was i was a nerd i graduated salutatorian in my high school i was supposed to play baseball ah, in college. I, was like a, I was like a scholar athlete you know in my teens and i decided i wanted new challenges i wanted to change it up completely and you know and i had to, i had to have the conversation with my parents like I think I'm going to play in a band instead. And there's no parent <laughs> in the world who wants their kid who just got a full ride scholarship to college to tell them that he's going to quit and play in a band instead. <laughs> um, but luckily uh, my parents are incredibly trusting of me as a person. They know that I'm not foolish when it comes to things that I want to accomplish. And without their support, I, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys today. So are you ready for 20 questions? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Meat. Oh, Twitter or Facebook? Uh, Facebook. New Jersey or North Carolina? <laughs> we'll go with New Jersey. <laughs> Baseball or football? Baseball. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Simpsons. Come on. Really? I'm surprised by that one. You just got to stick with what you grew up with, oh, right? Because I feel a loyalty to The Simpsons, too. My entire <laughs> I love family guy. is solely, solely built on The Simpsons. There's not totally a single agree. day that goes by that I do not quote The Simpsons. It's, I, I, you know, I don't even, it's not even quoting sometimes. It's just doing something from The Simpsons. Absolutely. And I will say or do something and nobody else in the room gets it. But I don't okay, care. Man. I got I to gotta give it a little anecdote. <laughs> and you'll, you'll appreciate this because you're a dad too. So the other day, usually my wife picks up my son from school. Well, she needed me to pick him up the other day. And I literally text her saying, pick up Bart. No, I actually put it in, our ca in my calendar as pick up Bart. And she texts me, what the hell do you mean? I'm like... I had to explain the whole thing. I'm like, pick a part. What the hell's a pick a part? So yeah. <laughs> it, it was just like entertaining to me. I was getting a kick out of it and she didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I walked past the sign at the fair the other day that just said dental plan and nobody <laughs> said dental plan, but I said dental out loud, plan. these need braces. Please, so <laughs> it's like, it's just, and I say these things and nobody reacts yeah. at all. I just, it's but just it makes you smile, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> all that matters. That's the important thing. That's... <laughs> That's the important one. So Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. Education or experience? Experience. The Walking Dead or American Horror Story? Doesn't even matter what the next one is. As you can <laughs> wow. see in the background, I have all my Walking Dead stuff. So. No kidding. No, look at that. <laughs> Scorsese or Tarantino? Tarantino. Canada or Scotland? Scotland. Oh, man, that was like, even think about that one. Heartbroken. Studio or stage? Stage. Talent or attitude? Attitude. Batman or Superman? Batman. Now, this one may be a tough one for you. <laughs> Michael Jackson 
or Michael Bolton? <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> At least you know who Michael Bolton is. We've had some guests on the show. They're like, oh, geez, who? Of course. <laughs> and I feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> this leads nicely into Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson. Ooh, Marilyn Manson. Whale or kale? <laughs> kale. It's, it's best not to overthink these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bet Midler or the Riddler? They simply rhyme. That's Bet it. <laughs> In the final, the final question. question yeah. <laughs> we, we both no. usually say the final question. We we just didn't know who was going to say it. <laughs> yeah. We it's we a always cruel get, one. We always get a bit nervous about this one because yeah, you know it determines sense. it determines how much we get paid and whether we you know whether we we become friends or. Wait, or you're not. getting paid for this, um, Ross? You didn't tell me this, man. <laughs> well. Ross or Marcio? Feeling that was going to be a question, and I had to have a reason to, to pick my answer. I'll just say Ross because I like your shirt colored better. Sorry, man. I'm a fellow musician too. The white with the blue, man. It's a solid shirt. I can't win. I can't win. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll forgive you. So uh, I actually want. I'd like to. Uh, I, I, pick your brain, I guess, a little bit on uh, some advice for fellow artists. Um, who are tuning into this right now, you know, for bands who are looking to take the next step into working with a label, which is something that is pretty foreign to a lot of people, what should they be doing themselves before a label will consider signing them? Okay. The biggest thing that I see in bands that, that hit us up that I wouldn't yet be interested in is that they're not even there yet. Um, you have to, you have to be already self-sufficient at what it is you're doing. Your songs need to be recorded and recorded well. Your image needs to be there. The right band members need to be there. You know, in this day and age, make sure your social media platforms are there. Make sure there's interaction there. Make sure you've played shows before. Make sure your singer can sing live. Uh, make sure you're ready to tour. These are all things that are required of a professional band. And until you consider yourself a professional band, you're not ready for a record label. And it's not an insult to you. And it's just that... A record label is a professional business that works with professional artists. And just because you're not there yet doesn't mean you won't eventually be there. But you don't want to sell your product when your product isn't finished. So I've always said it's like you have a dinner party and you serve your guests raw meat and uncooked food. It's like I'm sure eventually that dish could be delicious, but it's not cooked yet. And until you've learned how to cook your meal, don't offer it to people. I like that metaphor. That's really good. You know. It's 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 interesting that uh, I think a lot of artists uh, they think that the label is going to come to them and set them where they want to go. But like you said, at the end of the day, it is a business, you know. And I know business and art and commerce is a it's always been a there's always been a d dichotomy and an uncomfortableness. I think from an artist standpoint, but that doesn't need to be an ugly thing. You know what I mean? Do you want to live off your art? Yes. Well, then you have to look at it as business. That doesn't mean that the business needs to go into your mind when you're creating the art. You know, you can create the art and when that's done, then you can look at it as business. That's how I always think of that. And my advice is always, if you're doing everything right, if you're taking the necessary steps, the label thing will happen. They will take you seriously. But a label's job isn't to make your band become a band. It's to expose your band. Um, and I think there's a, an enormous common misconception that, oh, I signed to a label and then my band just functions and I get big. And that's, that's just not true at all. It's, it's never true. Once in a blue moon... Bands are put together by labels or they're just discovered off of one song. It, sure, it happens. There's always exceptions, but 
overall, you, you just, if you're not taking yourself seriously and you're not working, no label is going to want to do that for you. Yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> sorry, I kind of said that. I'm still just absorbing it all um, because I think that that's probably the most thorough answer uh, and probably one of the most helpful answers we've had for that type of question. Yeah, but um, thorough and but concise. Yeah, it was very. Both. Yeah, very it easy to to makes very and it like you said, it's not insulting at all. It's actually just very matter of fact, and I think that actually will help a lot of people. That's actually very useful. The industry could use a lot more honesty, I think. And that's one of our goals and what we aim to do with Revival. So, Awesome. Um, for bands who want to offer more of an experience to their fans, um, what kind of advice would you offer? So just maybe beyond the music, what, what else can they do to give their fans a more of an experience kind of uh, vibe? I think like a lot of things, when things come full circle, you know, using the internet is obviously incredibly important these days to achieving or growing a fan base and, and et cetera. But I think going back to some grassroots stuff is really what people are looking for. I think you've seen a huge increase in things like VIP meet and greets and whatnot because as connected as you can feel on the internet, there really is still such a divide there. And I think people crave and truly miss bands going out and playing shows and flyering their towns and and showing up to record stores and and doing things like that i i think you can really separate your band from the pack of pretenders that exist on the internet by actually being real and being a person and trying to physically interact with the fan base that you're trying to grow you know i'm glad you said that because i'm getting that sense too because not only do you uh on, on the internet there's just so much that there's so much distraction you know, for people to just stay focused on one thing, you know, when they're in person, there's a real intimate interaction that I think even besides the music industry, people are lacking in general nowadays. So I love that. That's there's great. a reason people still love mm -hmm. to go to concerts and rock shows and yeah. because nothing can replace that feeling. And if you can create that feeling for your fans more often than not, they will be fans. They're not just going to click the next Google window or click skip on Spotify. They're, they're going to love your band if you give them that personal interaction. Absolutely. Uh, just now, just quickly, I want to, I want to go way back and, you know, looking back on your career, what, if, is there one thing, one, one little thing that you would do differently knowing what you know now? It's so tough because I, I really do try to, to live my life as cliche as it is without regrets, because I, I think our mistakes are just as important as our successes. Um, but I think it would be trying to, I would try to get into the mindset that I am in now sooner. Um, with our second record, Where Myth Fades the Legend, that's, that's kind of what I always point to if this type of topic is brought up. We really became the kind of band that was scared of what we were becoming. And I, I see artists go through it even still, and I try my best to give this experience as advice. You know, is we were the band that wore all black, and we were considered dark and all this kind of stuff. So with Where Myth Fades the Legend... We tried to lighten up the image and we we did a goofy music video where we're playing basketball and the record we tried to do super loose and we didn't do like certain things we wanted to do because we were almost trying to fight against what we were becoming and that was a really bad decision like really all that did was slow us down because then with with the emptiness we went the complete opposite way we're like wait a minute this is what we are let's just be what we are and then we wrote that record and, you know, and the rest has become what it's become. But I, I suppose we could have gotten there sooner if we had not been scared of just 
being what it is that we are. And I, I think a lot of artists go through that sophomore slumps and things like that. Filmmakers with their second films. Like, I think it happens a great deal because you're so worried about being pigeonholed, but then you realize that it's not necessarily pigeonholing. It's just defining what your art is and defining who it is you are as artists. So um, I guess that would be it. It's just to kind of leapfrog over that, that couple of years. I love that. I really do. Now um, for anyone tuning into this, that, is not familiar with your work, where can people find you online? Um, the most, uh, the, where I guess, guess where you're most active. I think the easiest way, and it might be slightly antiquated, but it's just revivalrex.com, R E V I V A L R E C S.com, because everything we do, Alessandra related, all of our artists, all of our social media branches out from that one hub. So that's the easiest way if you just want to get in the door and then, and then pick your, your path from there. Well, I can see my web designer co-host here. Very happy that you said that. <laughs> He's like, yes, people still yeah. value websites. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's yeah. the hub, you right? Just, it's your place online. <laughs> yeah, you just sold my, my services for me. So thank you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Every place to be on the internet is websites. I think it's they're incredibly valuable. Um, as for us, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube. Go to our website, as that's the best place to find links to all those things. Um, <laughs> just search Bridge Atlantic, you'll find us. Uh, come and say, hey, we, you know, we want to hear from you. Uh, let us know what's going on. What's going on? I don't really... I, 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 I started okay, and I had nowhere okay. to go. So I'll tell you that I'm working on my second solo album, and you can be part of it at marcianovelli.com slash pledge. Um, please help me make it a reality and make sure to follow me on twitter facebook instagram and spotify which are all my name marcia novelli and i'm working on websites for various artists at the moment you can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk and you'll find me on twitter and instagram is electric kiwi and facebook is electric kiwi design and this episode was brought to you by chris keaton joe centenary the rock star advocate music launch hub buck naked soap company 30 roses and social search we are our sponsors are growing i can't even say them all now uh seriously all the links to each of those uh, amazing people and companies are in the show notes so make sure to check it out because they truly keep the show alive and if you want to sponsor the show just visit patreon.com slash bridge the atlantic sean seriously this was a true pleasure man uh not only are you a really chill and sweet dude but you have a lot of uh I, 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 don't, I don't know how to put it into words right now. I can't, but... I know how. Go ahead. You take all the boxes. There you go. There you go. Really, I really appreciate you coming on, man. This has been really, really, really great. I had a really good time, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 